Joey, here's something we give our special visitors. Would you like to have it? Thank you. Thanks a lot. You ever been in the cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. How do you like it? Swell. Are those the things that work the propellers? How'd you know that? My dad. He was a flyer in the war. He flew jets. I've told you before, Joey. They didn't have jets when I flew. Oh. Well, he flew a lot anyway. Fighters. Shot down a lot of planes, too, didn't you, Dad? Joey. And you never fly anymore? I thought your service guys never got out of your system. You want me to check the weather, Bill? No, I'll get it. Excuse me. We better get back now. Uh, Joey can stay up here for a while if he'd like to. Could I, Dad? Okay. If you don't get in the way. Thanks very much. Flight 714 to Winnipeg Radio. Climbing, climbing to cruise 8,000. What's the latest on the weather, please? It's not good. Looks like snow and ice crystals around Regina. Most likely some fog in an hour or two. But you're not going into Calgary, so that shouldn't bother you. What's the forecast in Vancouver? Should be all right when the fog clears, Captain. Flight 714, thanks a lot. Denver Flight Control. You're approaching some rough weather. Please climb to 42,000 feet. Roger, Denver. We have a visitor. Hello. Hi. This is Captain Over, Mr. Murdoch, and Mr. Boston. This is Joey Hammond. Oh, hi, Joey. Come on up here. You can see better. Joey, we have something here for our special visitors. Would you like to have it? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Sure. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. You ever seen a grown man naked? Do you want me to check the weather, Clarence? No, why don't you take care of it? Joey, you ever hang around the gymnasium? We better get back now, Joey. No, Joey can stay here for a while if you'd like. Could I? Okay, if you don't get in the way. Flight 209er to Denver Radio. Climbing to cruise at 42,000. We'll report again over Lincoln. Over and out. Welcome to a new episode of Split the Difference. I am your host, Jesse, and tonight we have with us Brandon. Hello. And also Seth. I prefer my coffee black. <laughs> <laughs> Is it as black as my soul? <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> I had to watch Quantum of Solace tonight, you asshole. <laughs> to blame the guest of Film Rescue. Uh, it's almost never my fault. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost never. Except there are those times when it is. <laughs> and tonight's episode, we are discussing one that I have been wanting to get to for a while because it's one of my favorite comedies. Uh, and so we are discussing Zero Hour versus Airplane. So the plot of Zero Hour is a retired Air Force pilot named Ted Stryker uh, is on an airplane trying to save his marriage uh, as his wife is about to leave him. 
and during the flight, the passengers become deathly ill with food poisoning, and so he has to take control of the airplane to attempt to land it under very, very harsh conditions. And that's the plot of Zero Hour, and the plot of Airplane, a <laughs> retired Air Force pilot named Ted Stryker... <laughs> Uh, gets onto an airplane to try to save his marriage to his wife who is leaving him and the entire passenger all the passengers become deathly ill with food poisoning and he has to take control of the airplane and try to land it under harsh conditions but there's jokes <laughs> there you go and that's the plot of both movies good night everybody <laughs> <laughs> this is what i wanted to talk about because this is literally the same script yeah. We talked about yeah. this with Psycho and that it's literally the same script. This is an example of literally the same script, but they drastically changed the tone. Yes. That's yes. pretty much the only way you can do it if you're going to just recycle the exact same script, or at least the bulk of the exact same script. Mm. Yes, exactly. Um, so let's start with Zero Hour. So uh, I had not actually even seen Zero Hour. Same. I knew that Airplane was a remake, but I didn't really have any interest in finding the original but for the show i decided to watch the original and it's a genuinely well-made thriller yeah it's very well made it's a brisk 80 minutes oh yeah yeah very quick very efficient and uh i was thoroughly entertained by it it's not like a masterpiece of filmmaking it's just very very efficient yes yes it's uh very much a quick easy to make movie where it's very efficiently made and most people are just kind of sitting in chairs most of the movie yeah. <laughs> it's True. the most efficient movie ma ever made it is one that makes me wonder you know speaking of psycho what it would have been like if uh, hitchcock had uh, taken the realms on something like this or taken the reins on something sure. like this um mm -hmm. you know a little bit of vertigo in there the whole ptsd thing until you know maybe he's not cured at the end of zero hour but there is a little hint of that in vertigo so you know something along those lines could have been uh, pretty intriguing but uh, yeah for you know low budget not super top tier names in there uh, i know it's got the one guy who would later be in both uh, doctor strange love and the godfather uh but aside from that not like a, a major well known cast but uh yeah i mean all things considered it was actually uh, pretty good straight to the point yeah very much so uh, seth what about you I loved it. I'm like I I will admit um I could only find it on YouTube and YouTube has a very attractive 1.25 speed button that <laughs> um you cheating bastard. With, with all the 2 plus hour movies we've watched, this is the one you need to use that function on. Really? I did, the movie's I, 80 minutes. You wanted it to go faster? <laughs> okay. So here here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um tr the transatlantic accent in 1.25 speed is like watching um like really quippy dialogue like everything is like fast to the point everything gets done but you're not missing anything because they're talking slowly enough that it doesn't sound like it's in fast forward it just sounds quippy so i and I, it was on by accident i had been listening to another youtuber that talks very slowly and forgot that it was on <laughs> until about halfway through where i was like wait a second i'm I, I, this movie should have been on for 40 minutes, but it's only been on for 25... Wait. <laughs> and, and then I, I switched it back for a minute, and I was like, well, now this feels slow. So I'm just going to finish it like this. <laughs> the, the, the quippy dialogue, you thought you were still watching Clerks. Yeah. Quippy dialogue, black and white. God. It's, like, it's like an Alan Arkin. Like, just everyone's like snapping back at each other, and I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. Um, nice. I don't know. I won't say I recommend it that way, but yeah, I just... 
super efficient. There's hey, not there a there's not a single scene in this movie that doesn't need to be there. No no fat on its bones. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, very very efficiently made movie. I mean, it's it's a brisk 80 minutes and we we talked about Run Lola Run a couple of months ago and that's mm-hmm. also just over 80 minutes. It's like or no, it's 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 like 78 minutes. And that's the thing, like what do you add to, you know, you know, to make it up to a, a solid 90. Like there's nothing yeah. you can really put in. Yeah. No. I think my my favorite part of Zero Hour is the the dialogue between all of the men is um like it, it's it's like pomp first and then information, but the information was the more important thing. So like uh when um uh Captain Wilson first shows up to help um, striker land the plane. He goes and he talks to the to the main guy, and he's like, "So first of all, here's something you need to know. Uh, respectfully, blah blah blah." And then he, the the end of that interaction is, "Well, I just wanted you to be aware. Let's get to it." And I was like, "Oh, that just so succinct, man. Just you, so logical. <laughs> there, there's like there's no emotion involved." Mm-hmm. Yeah, straight yeah. to the point. I also like to make note that the uh, the visual effects of the opening battle scene. Pretty good, yeah, yeah. Not was, bad. Was, that, yeah. was that real oh, yeah. war footage? Did that? Did anyone look into the no, history? no? I, I think that was uh, models. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the, the airplane's taking like off. The, uh, the crash landing oh. at the end too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, I will say the uh, the opening with them taking off from the airport that was real, but then when they're in the air, that's actually models. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that was another thing that impressed me was the. Like what was happening to the plane was being represented in the third person when they go outside of the plane. Like if he was climbing, it was tilted up. If he was diving, it was tilted down. Like mm. it wasn't, you know, perfect. But again, this is 1957 with less than half a million dollars. I mean, mm. I color yeah. me impressed is all. I was just like this. It wasn't taking me <laughs> out of the movie to see like a plane on wings with a hose shooting water at it. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, did anybody notice? Maybe this is just me. The the theme for the for the film, the actual main score. Hmm. Anybody else think that that sounded a lot like Star Wars? There was a couple notes in there actually. Now that you mention it, yeah, it was. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I know for a fact that with Star Wars, uh, John Williams took a lot from uh, the uh, the Holst uh, Gustav Holst Planet Suites, including uh, Mars the Bringer. Floor. Oh man! So it definitely took some liberties from uh, various sources, and I'm sure with zero hours, like no one's seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's I was fine. listening to that, and then I started playing the theme for uh, the Battle of Yavin from the A New Hope, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Well, yeah, because they modeled, I mean, the, <laughs> the music for scene to scene in Star Wars was modeled after whatever they were aping at the time, because it is, you know, oh, yeah. George Lucas even said that he wrote the, the space battles by showing documentary footage of wars. Yeah. Like, that's that's how he planned things out. So it it makes sense that that's the, like, there, there's definitely like a... Um, Connected like tissue. A, yeah, yeah. There's like a, there's like a, yeah. a uh, aeronautic theme within that era that's just like when you hear the music, you know they're in the sky. Yeah. Or even just like the battle scenes that happen in the opening of this movie, it looks like, you know, fighting against the TIE fighters. It, it's like right. it's kind of the same shots. Super so. similar. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult film to really discuss because there's not much to talk about. It's just a very, very well-made, efficient film. It was... Yeah. 
it's well acted. It's well written. There's great performances. I will say the uh, the stewardess in this movie looked exactly like Rose McGowan. That just bugged me <laughs> for so long. <laughs> she did. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. This um, zero hour is really great at telegraphing what's going to happen but as setup and not as like it's not dumb so mm. when because i like i didn't I, I knew what the movie was going to be but when when she's offering like do you want the fish or the pork also i love that in the 50s they didn't think fish was meat so, so they just <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> they called the pork chops i'll take the meat um fish is meat <laughs> Guys, they're animals with muscle. That's what you're eating. Yeah. Um, it was a different time. Yeah, yeah. like I, the I, I feel like if, phrase. if you did the movie now, it would try to make it like it would try to disguise like, ooh, what's hap- what is the sickness? What's happening? And this movie was just like, nah, dude, whoever ate the fish is getting sick. Now you know yeah. who's gonna get sick. Hey, remember when the pilot said he wanted the fish? <laughs> like Remember when uh, they uh, both uh, wanted the fish? Right. So as the audience, you're like clued in early. So you have this like sinking dread. So that way you're not worried about a mystery. You're just set into the thrill of, can this guy land a plane? Like he almost crashes them out twice, just like practicing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The mountains. (laughs) I will say it's fairly accurate with uh, somebody that has post-traumatic stress disorder and that he freezes up. He doesn't start freaking out. He freezes. Yep. Yeah. Which is what which is what actually happens. Exactly. He's, he's clearly traumatized and he still can't quite get over his failure uh letting six of his men die in uh World War II. It's it, it's a very it, it's a very effective screenplay. It's very simple. Like he's he has trauma. He can't he doesn't want to fly any planes anymore. Now he's forced to fly a plane to save the lives of the people that are on the plane. Simple yeah. premise. Yeah. Very basic. Yeah, I think yeah. the biggest change between the two, obviously, is that in the original, it's just his wife, but in, um, or excuse me, in the in airplane, it's just his wife, and the original, it's um, his wife and his son. So, so it's like, yeah, I got, got a little more motivation to try to land this jalopy and uh, yeah, hopefully not kill son. anyone. Oh, yeah, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. The only negative I'd really say is that in retrospect, having seen the, uh, the remake, uh, there's no real denouement to uh, Zero Hour. It just kind of stops. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's the only negative I'd really give the movie is that that was a. It, it's like you could have used like an extra five minutes of them just getting off the plane. I mean, that was just like a thing back then. It seemed yeah. like a lot of films in like the fifties and back. They were just like, yeah, the, we've pretty much wrapped this up. We're done. Let's go home. And like even like true like yeah. I, when i finally saw vertigo it's like wow okay we're done okay shit um and funny enough i i had to joke about this um doing one of my commentaries that a lot of martial arts films a lot of shaw brothers films in the 70s like right after the villains killed boom the end we're done like a freeze frame sometimes even as the character's dying boom the end it's like wow shit all right let's let's go home well, what do you think happened they lived happily ever after god damn it go home exactly <laughs> we got Get your we got get your out. nickel. Get out of here. <laughs> I saw Death Proof. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's probably the inspiration for that, actually. It's those oh, Shaw like Brothers that. films. <laughs> the freeze frame jump in the air. Oh, man. And then Kurt Russell gets his face stomped in. <laughs> yup. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that that's a aspect of, like, newer newer cinema newer like pu- like the zeitgeist mindset like do we need a, a like 10 minute come down from like this the huge 
you know, rising action of the third act? Is that something that we kind of figured out we needed? Or do you think that's something that could come back that just like, hey, so the thing that we needed to get past, we're past it. Bye. <laughs> that's- well, I mean, that, that, that kind of leads into things like um, films that had the style of it's the end, then it's the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like uh, Aliens is the most efficient one I can think of off the top of my head. Or even just the original oh, sure. Alien. Like, you think you blew up the alien when the Nostromo gets destroyed. Then it's like, oh, no, surprise, he's in the escape pod. Yeah. It's like, it's the end, then it's the end. It's that little extra extra bit at the end to sort of finish off the movie. Right. Yeah. Like, things like that. That kind of became popular. and then like, Or even Die Hard. Like, Hans Gruber's yeah. dead. They're walking out of the building. Oh, no, the other guy's still alive. How? I, it doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> And he, still has, he still has his gun. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I think about I think about recent movies like um, it follows just kind of stops once yeah. they yeah. once yeah, they think they beat it. Um, it just kind of stops. So I don't know. I to me sometimes I do need a come down. Like oh my god, what I wouldn't give for at least two minutes after Midsummer to just like breathe for a second. <laughs> no, no, everyone's been burned alive now. You right. Get to- well, I guess I'm never seeing that. <laughs> Thanks, dude, dipshit. Even if I, dude, even if I tell you Thanks, the ending, dipshit. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like the movie is so fucked up. That, that's, it doesn't that's matter the typical, what I say. That's the typical justification when someone spoils a movie. No, 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 no. Trust <laughs> me. It doesn't, trust, it doesn't matter. Me. It's, it's totally fine. It, do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's totally fine. The movie's still huge. It's great. I, I'm all I'm saying is sometimes that emotional like. Uh, well, aftercare, the emotional aftercare is necessary. <laughs> I, I appreciate and, that term, aftercare. And like you that. have sex with the movie? What the fuck? I'm, hey, man, sometimes movies what, what fuck me, What aftercare did you have, dude? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> sometimes, uh, we all saw Hereditary, sometimes movies fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that, that was something I wanted to discuss. Just like the 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 quick ending, because literally, like the movie ends as like the the ambulances are showing up to the tarmac. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> for all they know, like everyone in the back is already dead. Yeah, yeah. There's like, um, and, and I do appreciate the final line of like, you know, despite our differences, uh, and despite what anyone else would say, I'd love to buy you a beer. Like that's that's very wholesome, old school masculinity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but he still know. starts out with that was probably the lousiest landing in the history of this airport. Oh. <laughs> he still starts with that. Yes, and I mean, by the way, it definitely was. He, <laughs> oh, he yeah, broke the ankles out off of that fucking <laughs> I plane. Know. I mean, considering how antagonistic they were throughout most of the movie, that's just more of like a playful jab at that point. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What do you? What, did you guys have any like? I I, I love watching old movies because I feel like there's always some kind of cultural political filmmaking takeaway to be like damn we've come a long way since that kind of stuff did anything like that pop out about zero hour for you guys uh, um not nothing. really it's, yeah. it's very apolitical there's not really any like gender politics or anything at all in the film mm. yeah it's very kind of just matter of fact like there's nobody that's like oh i hope that my husband somehow solves this problem because i can't do it like it, it's because his wife is there helping him. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like it, it's if, any, if anything, it's very progressive. And that at that time, like she's there helping him. Sure. sure. So it's a it's a bit of an anomaly in that respect. In a good way. I in, wish in a good way. Yeah. I wish the Scottish drunk guy got his like final <laughs> moment. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I, I, like remember felt- when you could carry all that liquid onto an airplane? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Remember when you could openly bottle. drink whiskey no. on an airplane? Holy balls. <laughs> it's a big-ass goddamn bottle. You want a sip? No, thank you. Oh, God. Oh, man. He was one of my favorites. I'm not going to lie. He was nice. one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's done with so the fish. He's, we... he's working on uh, yesterday's breakfast. <laughs> that was a great line. Like, he yeah. just didn't give a shit at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, anyways, I think we've uh, covered it. That Zero Hour is a really, really well-made classic uh, thriller you know, from the 1950s. Definitely worth seeing because it's a brisk 80 minutes. No reason to not see it. Um, this leads us into the remake of Airplane, probably one of the best comedies of the 1980s. Still probably one of the best comedies in existence. I'd say of all time. This is definitely like top 10. Like if you're going to introduce oh, yeah. an alien to comedies, this is what you'd show them. <laughs> yeah. So I, I shared on um, on the uh, Discord chats that there was a podcast that uh, apparently does not like this movie at all. Oh, boy. And it's a group of, it's like two 19-year-old women that are complaining the movie is racist, sexist, misogynistic, and homophobic. And they're saying, like, Airplane's not funny anymore. <laughs> and they're just, like, bitching and complaining about how the movie hasn't aged very well, and therefore the movie is just, like, an, an immensely disrespectful film. Mm. I mean, keep keep them away from Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we're going to yeah. do, like, another uh, Zucker Abram Zucker film, oh, boy, that's, uh, that's a big difference. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I listened to the commentary for a Kentucky Fried Movie, and they, it's it's still got its moments, but there are times where even in the commentary, they're like, yeah, this, the, you, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no. Uh, what, what was the one? Uh, Danger Seekers? I That's all I'm going to say. That I'm, The punchline to that whole thing, I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh no going into a certain area to say one word and it pisses people off that's all you gotta know it's bad yeah. it's really bad yeah they, they, i think when comedy central used to play it they just cut that whole thing out because the, the whole joke that's the only joke of that scene that's it jesus yeah so obviously that shouldn't gonna fly on tv and you know shouldn't really fly anywhere now but they at least they were aware over the years are like yeah I, I feel like this is probably one of the worst jokes in the film we're sorry like, they acknowledge, like, it was, once again, the infamous phrase, it was a different time, and we're sorry now. So, right. Yeah. An airplane, you know, takes that hard R comedy to, like, a, I should say, early 80s PG, which would easily be PG-13 now, um, especially with some of the gags. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I saw that blurb. I didn't listen to the podcast, but, yeah, there, there, there are definitely some things in that film that don't quite hold up. I, I wouldn't say so much, like, the jive talk, for example, because I, upon my research, apparently those actors, like, improv those lines. Because apparently, yeah. you know, Zucker, Abram, Zucker couldn't really come up with those lines when they're writing. So the two of them are just like, you know what? let us come up with some stuff. We'll just bounce off each other and take it from there. And yeah, so they did. Um, so that was their thing. But uh, I think the only more problematic scene in regards to race was when they're going to be like missionaries and teach yep. them about sports. And I'm like, oh that, yeah, th this one we probably could have dropped. That was the one I was talking to Seth before you jumped on. And I said that uh, that's the only scene in this entire rewatch. I was like, yeah. We don't need to see this. Nah, I mean... That's the it's... one scene I'm like, nope, not funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but here's the way I'll respond to those two women. Listen, I still find this movie fucking funny. Wow. I don't stand I... behind that word. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah, hard, care. Hard, hard, hard same. It, it, it really just infuriated me listening 
to them like complain about a movie from the 80s and how it's like oh you shouldn't watch this now it's still hilarious like sometimes you need to put yourself into a different mindset i think there's also like safety in chucking apples at apple trees like you're never going to take the tree down they're never going to knock airplane off of the comedy pedestal it's on it just irritates me that people of the next generation are like i've always despised the concept of cancel culture in current in current day it's like everything from the past is like being canceled i'm like guys i think some things everything does everything really need to be brought up and put under scrutiny now I mean that that's the thing. I think we we shouldn't, you know, pull up things to cancel them. I mean, the the concept of cancel culture and this obviously is, you know, a very shaky shaky ground to ever bring up, but I feel like some things should be and some things shouldn't be. Some, you know, should not be for the sake of like learning what still works and what doesn't, you know, like airplane, like Kentucky Fried Movie. I mean, uh like I said with airplane, there's like a few moments like that scene where it's like, yeah, that shit doesn't really hold up, but the bulk of the film's fine. Then you go a little further back into the mid seventies and watch Kentucky Fried Movie, and you're like, I think like a third or half of this would have to go now. Mm, but yeah. you know, also being in the mindset of when it was made, what was acceptable at the time. And yeah, if they still try to keep doing that nowadays, it'd be an issue, but it's like, oh yeah, this was a different time. Like even I'll admit I made a, a film in high school or like a short film, a glorified short film. And there's some jokes in there where I look back and go, yeah, we probably could have taken a different route or like plot points where it's like, okay, so basically the white guy wins this tournament, not the women or the minorities. Yeah, I probably should have changed that too. But, you know, I was a dumb 17-year-old kid who wasn't really taking any of that into account. Right. And, yeah. and nowadays, if I made the movie again, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I would change like almost all of this, you know, just yeah. because, you know. So it's it's a very tricky thing. Like, be aware, but don't go like, oh, this movie should never exist anymore or something like that. I mean, this is not birth of a nation <laughs> so yeah. and even that can be studied but just watched for a completely different reason than it was 100 years ago so sure. yeah yeah that's a it, tricky birth thing of a nation is birth of a nation is good for a technical standpoint not really something you guys would watch for entertainment exactly i even remember watching that in film class i'm like wow i get why we have to watch this but i never want to see this again right yeah so. all three and a half hours of it <sighs> god god damn Thanks, Gonder. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's worth noting that the Zucker brothers, uh, uh, Jerry and David Zucker, they are very right wing. Very, mm. uh, yes. very right wing. If you look at like anything that that Zucker has done in the last like twenty years, uh, his career basically tanked. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, he hasn't done too much. Uh, yeah, I think did- the last thing I remember him directing that was passable i guess you could say it was scary movie three and even that i would say isn't very good oh god i forgot that he did that i i I love that jerry ended on rat race because i love rat race (laughs) (laughs) the remake of it's a mad 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 world yeah yeah oh we should do that next season please yes it's the next season (laughs) that's gonna be like a huge shift because isn't rat race like an hour and a half and mad 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 world's like three and a half hours yeah yep The only joke I really love in Rat Race is when uh, John Lovis gets the cigarette lighter thrown into his mouth and he ends up at a World War II convention. Oh, <laughs> and, oh, Jesus. And, he, and, he's, and he's sounding like Hitler. <laughs> That's oh, the only know. joke I was like, yeah, this is a horrible taste, but I can't help but laugh. Oh, Oof. man. No, you should have bought a squirrel. That whole thing is Whoopi Goldberg falling into a cliff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God. But we're not here to talk about Rat Race. We're here oh, to talk yeah. about Airplane. And... 
it's amazing that they just they, they originally they weren't going to actually purchase the rights to the screenplay of Zero Hour. Mm. Originally they were going to just they were going to just say yeah we're it's an homage, but they then they realized oh we're taking entire lines of dialogue even entire scenes and putting them into the movie. So they got the rights Smart. to the script. Good good decision. <laughs> and so they made Airplane, which said is, the lawyers. Yes, yeah, said the lawyers. It's basically the same movie, just with jokes. Yeah, and it's it's worth note. It's it's worth discussing this because I've always uh, ascribed to the fact that tone is what dictates whether a movie succeeds or fails. Sure. If you're very consistent with your tone, no matter the quality of the story or whatever, you can probably get an audience to sit through it. But it's when the tone falls apart that's when the movie essentially falls apart. Yeah, but so this movie is a spoof comedy, and the original is a is a thriller. Like they're very consistent all the way through. True. Yeah, and have you guys seen any of the other Zucker comedies? Like, uh, oh, I've seen a Top bunch. Se- Top Secret and uh, and the Naked Gun movies and Police Squad. Mm. So yeah, I, I've, yeah, I've yeah. seen the Naked Gun films. I I have not seen Top Secret. I've seen clips of uh, Top Secret. Um, I still need to see uh, Police Squad, the original uh, precursor, if you will, to uh, Naked Gun. Well, it's I only think, six episodes, so it's yeah. the easy breezy watch. <laughs> yeah. Just came out on Blu-ray too. Uh, I think oh, yeah. I think Top Secrets their their peak. Like they mm-hmm. they really hit that like lane of the actors are very serious, but the jokes are very not. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Top Secret high recommend for Zucker's. Uh, Rat Race I already said. Um, you should watch Ghost only so you can just cry at where they went with their career, specifically Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, that one Fairly brother who ended up doing a, well, probably not the best example, but Green Book, how it was uh, briefly yeah. a, uh, a film darling and then like a quick 180 or like, yeah, we were so wrong. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. Womp yeah. Womp. Um, so I, I want to point out um, this style of comedy I don't know if you want to call it Zucker Brothers comedy. Um, there, there's, there's, it, it's spoof not com- it's spoof comedy. I, I can't yeah. think of anything no. else prior to like the Zucker Brothers that's like spoof comedy. I can't think yeah. of anything. Not just spoof comedy, but like the 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 full misdirect comedy. So there's yes. a t- there's a TV show called Angie Tribeca, and oh yeah, Steve Carell is a huge fan of Leslie Nielsen and this style of comedy. Um, for instance, one of the jokes, uh, Angie Tribeca is like a, a police procedural in the style of airplane and they get called into the, the, the like top, uh, police chief's office. Uh, and he goes, take a seat. And the two detectives pick the chairs up and walk out of the room. <laughs> and it's like th- that, that the, it, like the, uh, it like absurd, like take things so literally visually that it turns into a joke. That's my favorite kind of comedy. I will la- I, yeah. <laughs> I will laugh at every single one, no matter how dumb. I mean, that's that's the thing is it's not even just visually, but verbally too. I mean, that, yeah. that's what gave us the eternal line. You know, surely you can't be serious. Of course I am. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> exactly. You know, and like every one of like every other line from Leslie Nielsen in Airplane is essentially taking things literally. It's like, oh, I can't tell for you know two months. Like you can't tell me in two months or. Or so, something like that. I can't remember the exact line, but it's like he's right. just reading everything incorrectly, but in a deadpan way. Because at the exactly, time, yeah. Leslie Nielsen had only done you know serious films prior to that. So when they hired him, they're like, "Oh yeah, we got a serious actor. This is going to be great." But then, of course, everyone who years later might have seen Nick Gunn first and then saw Airplane are like, "Oops." 
<laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. People don't realize that Leslie Nielsen was actually a legitimately good actor. Yeah. He is. Yeah. 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 yeah, he was great. He was he was on like episodes of Mash. He was a fantastic oh, yeah. actor. Yeah, it's just it was after his work with the Zucker Brothers that everyone was like, "Oh, let's just put him into all these comedy skits." And it's like, "Yep, spy hard, wrongfully accused." That's a misuse of him. Yeah, that, that that's a misuse of his talents. He's good when he's deadpan. Like, d- like compare this to like Dracula dead and loving it. Like seriously, <laughs> Oy, <dude>. yeah, no. <laughs> oh yeah, he's just he's so classically handsome that you 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 expect like that transatlantic like hey brother like you're you're expecting that from him. So then when he when he delivers these like hilarious one liners without without changing his face at all, like his face is super serious. Oh yeah, just. Yes. It kills. He's what's referred to as uh, was that corpsing face? Yes, where you look, yeah. you look like you're dead. He m- murders. I mean, just and again, this is exactly like the feather to tickle me with. It's just any like every joke, unless and even the ones that haven't aged well, I would laugh out of instinct and then go, "Ha, oh, that's not good anymore." But I <laughs> <Yeah>. was still <laughs> laughing because yeah. the delivery, like this, is exactly my favorite kind of comedy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I put on Top Secret twice a year just because the jokes never get old to me. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, there's things like um, filmmaking jokes, things yeah. that you only understand if you have practiced uh, or understand how filmmaking works. Right. Like, ed- oh. like editing around scenes, you know, or, like, um, uh, sweeping pan- panning shots, mm. and, uh, dolly shots, like, things entering and exiting a frame. Like, as a filmmaker, you kind of get like gags like that, like the scene right. where um, Robert Stack is getting his suit onto and he's looking in the mirror, oh, and then yeah. it cuts to a reverse shot of the dog still attacking his driver, and then it cuts back to him, and he's just like, "All right, let's get out of here," and then he walks through the mirror, right? Like, like a simple gag like that. And that that's a simple gag, but that probably took a while to get it just right. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah. it looks so visually similar to the shot where he actually is looking in the mirror. That I'm sitting there like, all right, how long did that take to prep to get it just right? He, <laughs> yep. Oh Jesus. my god, just there's a there's one in Top Secret that kills me every time. It's it's a it's a really cool looking shot, like just from a just from a cinematography view, and you're following the main character's feet his boots as he's like sneaking up to kill somebody or take them out or whatever. Oh yeah. I and, know what's going to you you follow the feet and then he steps out of his boot by accident and then yeah. the camera just moves back as he goes back into his boot and it's just yeah. it is laugh out loud hilarious and nothing has really happened. Like <laughs> it's just it's the dumbest smallest thing but because you know there's a very intentional camera guy working the camera but then the joke is like him just going well i guess we got to back up for this boot real quick like you can, <laughs> you can hear the gears in their heads turning and it just it plays so so well and oh, it yeah. makes angie tribeca makes me happy that this kind of comedy might live on but it makes me really sad to think it's kind of like it's going to go to the way of tap dancing just it used to yeah. be the bell of the ball, and now nobody does it. And I mean, we we also have movies like uh, Date Movie and Epic Movie to blame. For I was the, uh, the literally downfall. about to mention. <laughs> Thank you. I was, <sighs> I was just about to mention Jason Freeberg and Aaron Seltzer. Those two, two of the six writers of Scary Movie get it because right. it's only two of them. Look, it's funny. <laughs> look, I am happy that people in the industry can have jobs. Yes. I am happy that they can work, but, but I want those- to physically. I want to physically. Everybody, hurt these stop using the same word. 
Fuck these two assholes. I swear to God. They have taken advantage. This is like taking advantage of dumb people. Yeah. Yes. Like, they are abusing the filmmaking system. The problem with those movies, I mean, from the clips and reviews I've seen over the years, is that unlike Airplane and even, you know, the first scary movie, the problem is if you're going to reference other films, try to do it in such a way where you can still, like, integrate it into the scenes and not be like, remember this thing from that stuff with the other things? That's funny, right? Because we're just mocking this thing with other people. That's not funny in and of itself. Like, if you're doing the from here to eternity scene in Airplane, that still works because it's still kind of part of their scene they're just on the beach they just happen to be recreating that kiss on the beach moment but it's not like it's just awkwardly shoehorned in there and you could have cut it out and then just keep moving on that seems to be what most of those scenes in those movies are yeah yeah the 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 references are out of date by six months yep right was released oh yeah so like reference Reference comedy can be funny, especially yeah. when it feels applicable. Like there are times where Family Guy lived off of that for years. Yeah, exactly. Like sure. there, there are times where th- you have set your story up in a way that if you start to do the reference, your people are going to fill in the blank quickly and laugh at it, and that can be really funny. But if every punchline in your fucking movie is a reference, Ugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's yeah. just shitty. That's just yeah. really poor. That's that's like bot. Like how many, how many passes do you think they do on their scripts? Oh Jesus! Trick question. There's no scripts in those fucking movies. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. that sounds about right. Yeah. It's literally just lists of references strung together in like the weakest plot possible. You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, I still. You know, I mean, we we can all we and we all have shat on the fifth Rambo film, but when the fourth one came out, you know what beat it at the box office that weekend? Fucking Meet the, Meet Spartans. the Spartans. Jesus H Christ! I know the fourth Rambo wasn't perfect, and it was miles better than the fifth one, but my God, it should not have lost to Meet the Spartans at the box office. Son of a bitch! At, at least Meet the Spartans yeah. brought us Will Sasso. <laughs> That man's a treasure. Mad TV gave us Will Sasso. Mad Come TV on. gave us Bill Sasso. Oh, he wasn't famous from that. That's like saying that's like saying uh, in Living Color, Color gave us John uh, Jim Carrey. Like it kind of did. Ace it Ventura did. gave us Jim Carrey. He just had the launch pad from like they're the launch pad. Uh, Hot take. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me the Spartans gave us Will Sasso, and we're just gonna put Seth's name right under that quote. Quote of 2020. If 2020 had a quote, it was Me the Spartans gave us Will Sasso. <laughs> Not my worst take of 2020. I, I'd rather rewatch the Three Stooges film with Will Sasso than anything from Meet the Spartans. Oh God! Uh-huh. Ouch! I'll say this much. Little That's a hot take. Si- little side note here: I was expecting hot garbage when I had to finally watch that movie, and I did. It's like, yeah, it's still bad, but it's not nearly the dumpster fire I thought it would be. It had heart. It just misguided heart Mm. it's an example of how you can have filmmakers who are a fan of something and still drop the ball let me put it that way so it it seemed like it was going to be much worse it was just (laughs) mediocre i feel like they'd be doing abbott and costello in like 2021 like that was the problem they made it modern day you can't do that Mm. although that brings back to airplane they're basically using 50s dialogue in a 1980 film yeah yeah but but that's that's kind of the charm is that it's meant to be a send up of those of that original film. Zero exactly. Hour. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's why it works. Like it's 
if you tried to add in like 80-isms to Airplane, the jokes don't really land because the movie, it feels so self-serious. Mm. Yep. And then you had the jokes. And the way the Zucker Brothers did their comedy was that they would have a serious thing happening in the foreground and there would be a joke in the background. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how it would usually happen. Or it would be random cutaways to something like that. Like, it would start... I, I, I like to reference it as being... um. The mundane and the mischievous in yeah. the same scene. Like, the mundane moment starts it, and then mischievous stuff happens to continue the scene. Like, the moment when the woman's freaking out on the airplane, like, I have to get out of here! I have to get out! Which is in Zero Hour, yeah. and everyone just starts coming over, and it's like, get a hold of yourself! And then they start beating her, they get in a line, everyone has a different weapon to beat the fuck out of her. Like, right. <laughs> which apparently was the actress's idea, by the way. <laughs> oh, because, to be slapped? Oh, well, no, no, no. It, it was the... The, the, the lineup to beat her up was the actress's idea in Airplane, because uh, obviously the scene in Zero that. Hour was the stewardess slapping her and then the other guy trying to help. But and then Airplane, is, it was supposed to be like three people, and that was it. She's like, why don't we just do like a line of people coming up to slap me? And they're like, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, that was actually her idea. Yeah. You <laughs> can't nice. say it's misogynistic because it was, it was a woman's idea. Right. You can't claim it was misogyny. I... I'm very curious. Um, so this movie came out exactly one month before Caddyshack, and we all wow. know apparently Caddyshack was like a editing and filming disaster. Yeah. A lot of cocaine. And lots of cocaine. I wonder. <laughs> I I do wonder if somebody in the editing crew saw this and just saw the formula, like you know that like the meme of. Um, uh, Zach Galifianakis with the like numbers popping out of his head. Like they they watched this and they went, oh, if we put all this mundane stuff in the foreground, all the like golfing shit with like the big comedians, <laughs> put that in the foreground, and then all the other stuff in the background, all the like mischievousness. Uh, do you think maybe there's a chance Airplane made Caddyshack work? It's possible. I mean, I think there's references to it in that uh, documentary. Not documentary. The uh, the uh, what's the film on on Netflix? A futile and stupid gesture. Oh yeah, yeah. I that- feel like there's references to airplane in the production of that while they were still making the movie. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Because it because it, it was a uh, the original writer. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he apparently got fired before the filming was completed because he got in a fight with the producers. Boy, that'll do it. <laughs> like a like a physical fight. With yeah, that, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. And he got kicked off the set. Cocaine's um, one hell of a drug. Oh yeah, drugs are a hell of a drug. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like it, this kind of inspired like the progression of um, the mundane and the mischievous. Yeah, yeah. And then you had like Naked Gun come out not too long after this. Yeah, you I, had that's you. You had them trying to revive Police Squad. Yeah. So. It's uh, it's it's one of those movies that I throw on every now and again because it's just it's just fun to just watch it for the gags. I've seen every gag like ten times and they still make me laugh. Oh yeah, like like the autopilot. Like seriously. Yeah. <laughs> are you like are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this is ridiculous. The I I think it's it's an example of exactly perfect timing. Like True. the timing's mm-hmm. so good that it deactivates your brain from remembering that you know the joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or even just like there are references to other movies and stuff in this film. Like this like uh there's references to um oh god, what the hell is the movie with John Travolta? Saturday Night Fever. Thank you. <laughs> I, I want to say Staying Alive and I was like, no, that's the crappy sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Stallone. Yep. <sighs> mhm. But uh yeah, like there's references directly to that 
in this film. Yeah. And if you've never seen Saturday Night Fever, it doesn't matter. No. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just funny in and of itself. Right. You've seen the poster and you've yeah. heard the song. You're good. Yeah. It's all Although you I will say, they, they did speed up the tempo and they did change the pitch a little bit on the song. I think probably yeah. because of rights issues, I guess. I don't know. Which I used to think, but apparently they just wanted it to be dancier, Funnier. I guess. Yeah. And they actually had to ask for permission. Like, hey, can we speed this up? And they're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, that it's was already it. already <laughs> a dance song. Like, what, do you want it faster? Uh, I guess they did. I mean, again, oh, okay. it was the 80s. The cocaine made everything faster. Yes. <laughs> we, I, I will say. <laughs> we got grind punk in the 80s for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We also got cyberpunk, too. Also so. true. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I do want to make note that the movie is, the Zero Hour is, like, a, for its time, looks a very efficient. Mm. Very well made. Yeah. Very well constructed. Airplane looks intentionally cheap. Yes. <laughs> it is so goddamn cheap looking, and I think it adds to the comedy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the props look like props. The the models look like models. Like, the, the, the airplane, when it lands on the runway, it looks like a toy. Yeah. Just like in Zero Hour. <laughs> Just like, it, well, it makes sense. Well, in Zero <laughs> Hour, it's like I was willing to let it go because it's yeah. like, yeah, it's the 50s. It's fine. But in the 80s, like, <laughs> this came out post-Star Wars. They could have done better. <laughs> but they didn't. <laughs> But they didn't, they didn't do want better. to. <laughs> they didn't want to. It would it would ruin the comedy. The comedy is that this is ridiculous. So why would we put in a ton of money to make it look look uh, you know really really good? But plus the lighting in this movie is so flat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh god, it's like one giant light blasting in everybody, and there's nothing else. And I feel like in a weird sort of way, if you make it black and white, suddenly it would look more time appropriate for the fifties. That, that's an interesting theory. I would I would watch a black and white version of Airplane. Yeah, but you know, between the you know the relatively flat cinematography and lighting, it's like yeah, I think it just kind of lends itself to that fifties look, right? Especially a low budget fifties look. So who knows? Maybe that was their intention. Yeah, yeah. Jesse, I'm glad you pointed that out too because um, making a movie look like it's held together by stitches mm-hmm. is infinitely harder than just doing the like actual bad version because yeah. it, like intentionally making something look bad it means that you understand it on multiple levels so i i think movies like this this kind of comedy is being executed on like like the top tier level but it made a lot of other people confident they could do the same thing cuz it almost looks like you could do this you yeah. ca- you can't do this. This is hard. <laughs> yeah, there's even like moments where like during the dance sequence to Saturday Night Fever, you can see the wires holding up Robert Hayes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh, you can yeah. straight up see the wires, but they're just like, yeah, fuck it, we don't care. Right. <laughs> like nobody cared. It doesn't matter. It's not. A, it's not what's important. The, the, what matters is the joke. This, right. this wasn't produced by George Lucas and then uh, fixed in post decades later. <laughs> exactly. There's a joke in Community about uh, Joel McHale's hair. Where they say, "How long does it take you to get ready to look like you didn't get ready?" <laughs> oh yes, yeah. nice. like was, se- was that season two? I-, I think so. Just like it's, it, your hair looks so perfectly rolled out of bed. It's not bedhead though, <laughs> because we know you took a long time trying to look like that, and that's that's the metaphor for this movie and movie. Nice. Like, a lot of the Zucker movies and a lot of good movies like this is like if. If it looks like they're barely keeping it together, they're doing that on purpose, and that's just another level of how good they are at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, where you, can, you compare this to something like the Naked Gun movies, which are much more like 
more. I wouldn't say the Nick and Gunga movies are are in any way better. They're much. They're 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 funny. They have their moments. Yeah. Um. I'd say Police Squad is way better. Mm. Uh, better, much better writing. Sure. Um, but there's there's gags in those movies where I'm just like, eh, that feels like a leftover bit or something like that from sure. another movie. Like but, there's a, there's like a nuclear device that's gonna detonate. I think in the second movie, and Leslie Nielsen just trips over the cord that plugs it into the wall and it turns it off. Hmm. And I'm like, uh, like that's clearly ripped off from Airplane when. Uh, the, one of the guys from the air traffic control tower just unplugs the runway lights. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly ripped off from right. there. So they they start cannibalizing their own stuff because there's only so many things you can do. True. Yeah. The upside to um, Police Squad, though, is like the the stunts are genuinely great 80s stunts. <laughs> so the fact that oh, yeah. they're doing them as jokes is like, whoo, that's a lot of danger for a laugh, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like a there's like a moment in um, you know how in the end credits they would always freeze frame they pretend to be freezing frame yeah and then crazy shit would happen <laughs> when the last episode when the whole set starts falling apart because the show was falling apart right there's a guy that gets hit in the head with a plank of wood and I'm just like oh god <laughs> exactly like and he didn't move and I was like damn dude you earned that anything for the laugh anything for the laugh yeah I respect it what's everybody's favorite laugh in this movie. I I know it hasn't aged exceptionally well. Maybe, oh. maybe not. I don't know. The but again, I quoted it at the beginning when <laughs> when the little girl is talking about how she likes her coffee and her men. <laughs> the absurdity of this like nine year old saying that um, <laughs> to another nine year old child is just like it. Oh man, it makes me laugh. Every, like I know that it's gonna happen. I've seen it in clips. I've seen it in memes. It's like it. It's inescapable, and I laugh every time. And that feels like a holdover from Kentucky Fried Movie. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it yeah, really yeah. does. It's definitely yeah. it's definitely racy. Um, oh, yeah. I, I I can't I can't stand behind it as a joke. But goddamn, if it doesn't make me chuckle. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon, what about you? Uh, I'm I'm gonna try to stray away from any of the more obvious ones, but uh, I, I always get like a, a good little chuckle um, with the uh, the kid blatantly calling out Murdoch as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> like the whole little back oh, yeah. and forth. Like he's just trying to keep that facade up. And at the end, he's just like fuck it and just grabs a kid and says, "Listen here, kid," and he just completely breaks character. Right? Like, yeah, no, that's legit Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Which, by the way, I was reading the trivia. Apparently, uh, he was on a flight uh, across Europe. I think it said 2008, and apparently the pilots wanted him in the cockpit while they took off, just to say that they could, uh, or just say, just so they could say they flew with uh, with Murdoch. <laughs> which I thought was kind of amusing. Um, so that was a, a nice little touch there. But uh, yeah, that's that's one of those scenes that's kind of overlooked, but I always get a, a nice little chuckle from it. Oh, yeah. And also when they pull him out of the seat after he passes out, he's wearing oh, his, yeah. jer- his jersey. <laughs> and the goggles. Yeah, and the goggles. Like, it's a buildup, too, because you see the goggles first, then when they pull him out, you see like the whole bottom half of the jersey. I'm like, wow. <laughs> 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 Went all out there. Yeah. How about you, Jesse? I'd say my favorite, I mentioned this last night, you weren't here, Brandon. Uh, it's not even in Airplane. So, in Scary Movie 3, there is a bit towards the end of the movie. There's a there's a thing that happens three times throughout Airplane at the tail end of the film where Leslie Nielsen steps into the cockpit and says, I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> there is a moment in Scary Movie 3. I didn't laugh at all watching that movie, and I, I saw it in the theater because I was dragged to it. <laughs> 
And so I'm not laughing at all. And we get to a scene at the end of the movie where they're in the basement of the house trying to kill the ring girl, quote unquote. And Leslie Nielsen, a non sequitur of nothing, steps into the basement and says, I just want you to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. And then steps back out of the door. Wow. I was the only person laughing in the theater because I got it. <laughs> I would I I don't know what happened for the next five minutes because I couldn't stop laughing. Right. <laughs> I I could not believe they did that. That was like a 35 year build up to one <laughs> punchline. It's, it's like not jerking off for 10 years and then you paint your fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> it was masterful oh yeah the oh. way it was done it's so it, it's so absolutely random and he's wearing the same suit too <laughs> also it's great he doesn't look like he's aged since the 80s no, either. He doesn't. <laughs> he's always had white hair he's the immortal man I, just so classically handsome he's just i don't think he's actually dead he is <laughs> sadly he is damn <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, imagine being able to have the career to pay off a 35-year joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like... Uh, I mean, hell, he said that by the time he got the airplane role, he thought he would just be playing, like, the boring granddad character. <laughs> and then suddenly he got, like, a second career, basically. I yeah. mean, that's what most yeah. people know him for, is just, like, airplane onward. So, yeah, hey, right. you yeah. never know. Airplane, creep show, naked gun. Yeah, creep yeah. show. He did yeah. so. Everyone wor- forgets about Creepshow. He worked hard. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was born in 1926. Oh, like Oof. the man was alive during the Great Depression. Oof. He he was in an episode of Bonanza, and um, uh-huh. let me tell you, that man has uh, he he was never like bad looking, but he aged like fine wine, like every year. <laughs> every year he just he, he gets like up to his death he was even a good looking old guy yeah yeah a lot of people cannot say that yeah yeah one other person that can say that is robert stack though rest in peace robert stack he he mr unsolved mysteries himself that that <laughs> goddamn like assisted backflip that he does in the airport that was all him oh yeah yeah like yeah. holy balls like i know he does it off a dude's back but still like he does that without like missing a beat yeah. That's like Amazing. a whole one-take joke, too. Like, he plows through those guys, flips off the other dude, literally flips off the other dude, and then beats the <laughs> shit out of the last ones. I'm like, wow, that was actually impressive. Six years yeah. old, I think, at the time, too. Oof. That was damn. pretty damn good. Yeah. But he, he was always very good at uh, that um, that deadpan humor, and that he's yeah. wearing two separate pairs of sunglasses <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> while inside a building. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Robert's yeah. like, I mean, everybody talks about, you know, that was that became Leslie Nielsen's thing, doing the whole deadpan comedy, but even Robert Stack, I mean, you know, aside from Airplane, you also had uh, Beavis and Butthead Do America, uh, <laughs> Basketball, where he was essentially playing as himself. Um, oh, yeah, so, also directed by David Zucker. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, but everybody tries to forget about that one. <laughs> I'm sure even... Even the, uh, South Park, even the South Park guys, too. I was about to say, probably even them, too. Do you guys want to be floored? Oh, God. Leslie <laughs> Nielsen, after Airplane, made 61 more films. Jesus Christ! That's impressive. 
61 movies? When did he pass away? He passed uh, 10 away. 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2012, uh, 2011? 10. 10. Yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, it only feels like 2021, but... <laughs> he made two films a year for 30 years. God damn, dude. Well, I'm God looking, damn. like, there's... Um, uh, there's a bunch of years in here where he made three movies a year. 1982, he was in six films. God damn, dude. <laughs> the man was working. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. 2000, 2008, he did three movies. He was in a superhero <laughs> movie, an American Carol, and Slapshot 3. Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. But of course, the uh, the less said about an American Carol, the better. <laughs> True. Yeah. Osama yeah. bin Nielsen, dear God. Oh God. I'm sure that was a favorite film for uh, David Zucker, but still. Yeah. Nope. I'm sure he's like, yeah, you owe me one. <laughs> yeah. David Zucker, I think his career is long since over. Uh, David <sighs> and Jerry, they both haven't made movies. And uh, have they passed? Are they dead? No, they're they're alive. They still. Around. I think they live on uh, residuals. Hey, there Not you go. Sure. That's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, may as well just accept it that you can't really get work if you're, you know, that much of a douchebag. Well, it's funny because I'm I'm looking at uh, David Zucker's um, profile and it looks like he did uh, uncredited additional directing on Scary Movie Five. There you go. <sighs> That's not a good thing. No, <laughs> well, uncredited. <laughs> that means he didn't want his name attached. Yeah, to it. it's it's number fifty six on the bottom one hundred on IMDb. But he got yeah. paid. Is the point. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. He needed to pay his rent that month. <laughs> yeah. Sweet baby shame. Jesus. Mm. But um, so did you did you guys all stick around to the end of the credits? Uh, of uh, airplane? No. Yeah, of airplane. Is there something yeah. after? Yes, th- this, I think <laughs> this is the first film that has a post credit scene. Uh, the first one? <laughs> yeah. I think it is. The, uh, the dude, I think it's the first film. The dude's still waiting in the taxi that Stryker left behind. <laughs> that's right. No, I did know that. <laughs> I did know that one. What does he say? Yeah. Like, I'll give him five more minutes and that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a simple little bit. I'm going to give him ten more minutes and that's it. <laughs> and the, the the dial's up to like $20,000. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. No. Um, oh, man. The Muppet movie beat it by one year for a post-credit scene. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, so the, the Muppets get up and tell you to leave the theater. Animal screams at you, go home. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Break the fourth wall. Yep. One, by nice. one year, my fucking wow. Muppets. Mm, nice. Nice. I love it. Um, I have one question for you yeah. guys. Okay. So they, ha- they, they ended up buying the, the rights to Zero Hour to make Airplane. Mm-hmm. Based on today... Do you think this would fall into fair use as far as parody Dirty. of original material? <sighs> That's tough. I mean, I, I yeah. think the, the the parody thing, and I, I've read up on that as well, is very tricky. I feel like I feel like if you use some lines, sure, but when you're using like extensive amount of identical dialogue, it's like yeah. I, I and think all the character names are the same too. Yeah. That too. So it's it's really tricky i i feel almost like that's something where i don't know if they even bothered consulting with like a rights lawyer or not because i feel like they should have regardless um 
but yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's tough. I, I feel like this extensive, probably you would have to go that route. Because even something smaller, and I wouldn't count this as parody, especially since it's a drama, but in Requiem for a Dream, apparently there's there's one scene. I say apparently. I've seen that, but I haven't seen the source. There's one scene. It's like two shots, I think, of Jennifer Connelly screaming in a bathtub that was taken from, oh, yes. it was taken from an um, anime. And yeah, uh, it's a Satoshi Kon film. Yeah. Literally the same shot. Exactly. And so it was like two shots and Aronofsky got the remake rights just to do that. So it's it's such a weird spectrum as to like whether or not you can get away with this or not. I mean, if not, then I think Tarantino has a lot to answer for. But uh, <laughs> because my, my God, like so much of his stuff, especially like Kill Bill, <laughs> is repackaging like Grindhouse movies. So, right. Eh, it also depends tricky. on. It depends on how much people actually want to look into stuff. Like, like we we did we discussed Psycho. I think about a month ago, two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Psycho, the theme song we've all heard the theme to Psycho. Yeah. If you listen to the theme to the film Reanimator, it's just Psycho. Really? Oh, <laughs> it's literally just the same music. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's literally the same music, and I don't know how they got away with it without being sued sued for it. But yeah, I just nobody looked into it. Wow. And by the time it was already on the market, they were like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes it just depends on how much people want to look into stuff. Like, I, I'm pretty sure they would have gotten away with it if they didn't get the rights, mm-hmm. but they were just covering their asses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because how many people have actually seen Zero Hour from the 19- in the 1980s? Right, yeah. Oh, my God. Or even now. Cause like, yeah, or even now. That That feels like a respect thing of, like, we – we respect your movie enough that we want the people involved to get their their payday because uh, what was the budget on this like uh, four million something like that uh, um, three point five yeah so th- this movie's not absorbently more expensive yeah um but I I like that they respected the source material as much like if you do a if you do a Godfather spoof parody movie. Oh, you mean Mafia? Yeah. It's like, ah, yes. Do you need to get the rights from... <laughs> Which is like 75 minutes long. <laughs> Thank Christ. Wow. Um, oh, poor yeah. Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, just... Uh, I, I, I guess... I, 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 to me, it falls into like, is the source material underrated? In which case, do as much as you can for them. Or is it overrated? In which case, if you're spoofing fucking Marvel movies, they don't need the paycheck, guys. <laughs> <No>. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I It just popped into my head while watching Airplane. I was like, I don't, this feel like if you did this on YouTube, this would be fair use. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it also depends on what you're spoofing. Like, when we talk, when we talk about, like, those fucking assholes, Seltzer and Freeberg, like, they're spoofing movies that are, like, popular in the mass market. Right. Yeah. The problem is, they're already kind of goofy in and of themselves. Like, we, we, we appreciate the Marvel movies, we like them, we enjoy them, but what's the point of doing a parody of them? Like, why bother? Right. <laughs> the movies are already halfway to being comedies. Totally. Yeah, so, like, like, like Avenger, Avengers, um, you know, Avengers 2, half of it is basically a comedy. Sure. So there's no point in parodying that. Whereas, like, Zero Hour, it's a very serious film. Like, it's a it's a serious crisis. Mm. And you're taking that and you're flipping it. Sure. Yeah, it, you can only really get away with a spoof if it's of something that is serious. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. it, it only works in that regard. Yeah. Like, you could, like, if you take, if, I think if you had a, the correct writers and you were trying to spoof something, you know, that's really, uh, List some list an important film from the last like thirty years. 
oh. that like has deep value. Shawshank. There you go. Okay. Yeah, you could do a Shawshank, you know, spoof. You could do it as long as you had the right writers, you know, working at it. <laughs> the 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 uh, suicide scene gets uh, some special treatment, I think. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> that that seems such a punch in the kidneys in Shawshank that like I, I'd be afraid to parody it, but it also feels the ripest for like, you know, the beam breaks and he's he's un unable to kill himself for comedy, <laughs> or he tries to hang himself from a ceiling fan because it's the only thing he can actually hang himself from, and the fan just turns on as he's as he's hanging. <laughs> right. Like goofy, sh- like shit, like that, yeah. where it's like you have a really dark humor edge to it. Yeah, and you put like a like a Christopher Lloyd, you know, kind of character in the in the position to make goofy faces during. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I could yeah. see it. I, I'm I'm on board. I'd watch it. Yeah, but that's that's how you do spoofs, and unfortunately, the spoof genre is basically dead. It's unfortunate. <sighs> I, I, I mean, thanks, com- guys. Comedy in general is very tricky nowadays. I feel. Like Everyone's either, shooting for an Oscar. I mean, aside from that, but you know, I, I feel like sometimes you either get one extreme or the other. You either get someone who's trying to do like shock comedy, and a lot of people are like, "I probably shouldn't be laughing at this." And then you get the other extreme where they play it so safe that it's like, "There's nothing really funny here." Yeah, I've more laughs. I've literally had more laughs from watching Muppets and like Sesame Street. Right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, speaking of like, you know, playing it safe, that is. <laughs> if if Erin's <laughs> listening to this one, I'm sure she's screaming at us from her chair right now. I will bring up YouTube, TikTok, Vine. That's where spoof <laughs> lives on. Like spoofs yes. are, yeah, yeah, uh, like cream of the crop on those websites right now. Like, yeah. think I mean, even like like multi million subscribers. How it should have ended. Um, the uh, the honest trailers. Like all these kind of like you know spoof or spoof esque kind of stuff it it is and and i that might might be the best place for it i think like big big spoofs like this like if you broke airplane up by joke and then put all those jokes as like clips on youtube they'd probably still kill yeah oh yeah yeah i I think that's the thing it's like the the feature length comedy is where it's trickiest now i mean most of us get our laughs from those little chunks online, you know, whether it is, you know, a TikTok, an Instagram video, something on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you know, it's like, we were just talking about that recently, like with something like Gus Johnson. I mean, his most oh. viewed videos are the ones that are like under two minutes. Right. Like he, he did one just a couple weeks ago. That's now his most viewed video uh, where it's, it's, uh, I think it's called how shotguns are used in movies. <laughs> and it's, it's <laughs> goddamn hilarious. It's, it's amazing. It's only like, not even two minutes, like a minute 40 or something like that. Has you haven't reloaded views. yet. <laughs> <laughs> I got 46 more goddamn rounds in this five-round shotgun. And then it's done. <laughs> like, that's the end of it. Uh, and then, of course, the most re- one of his more recent ones was like an eight-second video where he's talking about how to get your videos on Reddit. Mm. And it's I love how simple it is. It's just a, a brown paper bag coming in saying, here's my content. And then Reddit is saying, get the shit out of here. And then <laughs> another bag comes in saying, here's my friend's content. And then they go, ooh. And then they just look inside. And that's it. He doesn't even do his tag at the end. The video's done. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like those short nuggets of comedy. I think it is because they're so abrupt that you want to go back and watch it again and again and again. But when you're watching for an hour and a half, two hours, or if you're produced by Judd Apatow, five hours. Shut um, your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, You're not. goody, there's the extended You're version not. of this movie that was already two hours to begin with, and now it's two and a half. Yay! They put all God the stuff that would be in the outtakes reel back into the movie. <sighs> but that, yeah, Too that's long. the thing. I mean, it's funny, like, for example, when Tropic Thunder came out in 2008, I really enjoyed it in theaters, and I was excited for the director's cut. Then I watched the two hour director's cut, and I'm like, this is a little sluggish. Yeah. And then if I want the theatrical cut, I had to buy it on DVD. They didn't even put it on uh, Blu-ray. Sure. So I'm like, son of a bitch, but now it's on 4K on Voodoo, so hey, fuck it. I bought that when it was on sale. So it's like, this one's so much better than the director's cut. Now that I think about it, um, Spoof lives on in the mockumentary. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, like uh, What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. Um, There's this one that's about, um, uh, like, mascots, like the world of mascots, I think it's on Hulu or Netflix. It is goddamn hilarious. And it's 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 like they go into like the furries aspect of things and like it uh, is yes. it is a hilarious mockumentary. Yeah. What's <laughs> the one that's about the uh the horror characters and what they do when they're not in film? <sighs> that sounds familiar, but I'm blinking. Masks on that. or something like it's something like a mask of something. Oh, that know. sounds familiar. Behind the mask? Behind the mask Behind the mask? Maybe. I don't know. There, there's a there's a movie like that. There, there's like a mockumentary film that follows a someone who is like a slasher character that wants to be as well known as Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees. Uh, it's like yeah. Ver, Vernon Wells or something uh, like Leslie that. Leslie Vernon. The Rise of Leslie, Leslie Vernon. Vernon Wells it. was the dude from Commando. What the fuck am I thinking? I cannot, I cannot recommend Rise of Leslie Vernon enough. That movie is like a, a perfect parody. It's been a hot minute since I've seen it, and I feel like I've never seen this film, but I've read about it for years just because of how controversial it is. But it's almost like they were trying to do a slasher film variant of Man Bites Dog. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yep. you're essentially following a killer, and you're like only, quote-unquote, safe because you're documenting them. But then the moment they realize, oh, shit, you can actually be a liability then the tables start to turn. So it, yeah. it, it, so it becomes a slasher film in and of itself in this well, case. Yeah, it like it it literally points out all of the tropes of slasher movies and then in the last 20 minutes goes, I hope you were paying attention, here's the test. And it <laughs> it goes off the rails gr- like crazy good. Crazy good. Yeah. Um mm. I'll, I'm also thinking uh Will Ferrell's been making spoofs for a while. True. Like, look at Eurovision. I mean, that's like niche spoofing, but like, Eurovision's a real contest, and he made a whole fucking movie about it. It's true. I mean, that's the thing about Will Ferrell. You know, he can either be a really hit or really miss. And I think that's one that, like, a lot of people are like, eh, I don't know, and then got a lot of good reviews. I still haven't seen it, but I heard a lot of good things about it. It is, um, he he backseats himself in the best way, and it really... It really, you think it's, like, I think he's kind of figured out the notes that all of his movies have landed on before, and this one, he was like, oh, I get it. I'm going to set those up, but then not pay them off the way you think they will, and it, it really it really turns into um, Rachel McAdams' movie, and, oh, wow. yeah, it's, it's, it's not like a 10 out of 10, but it's a strong no. six and a half to seven. <laughs> For Netflix, that's pretty good. Oh yeah, for Netflix no. and it, modern it, comedy. I think that's all you can really ask for. It's it's yeah. it's a Netflix nobody nine. Nobody makes like nobody <laughs> makes like straight comedies anymore, and it's frustrating. Like I said, it's it's a very difficult you know juggling act or bouncing act. Because, yeah, you know you you want to find things that are funny that also aren't basically trying to like 
take advantage of others or you know put others down in the process because let's be honest a lot of comedy for decades as you know whether intentionally or not has you know derived from that and it's kind of difficult to like find that fine line it's like is this funny because of this or is it funny because of that is it funny because it's witty is or is it funny because it's making fun of somebody that might not deserve it now when you're making fun of people that do deserve it (laughs) sure um and there are certain individuals who definitely deserve that and alec baldwin's kind of gotten a second career out of that yeah um so but but that's the thing i mean you know you don't want to yeah so you know it's it's tough and like i said when you're playing it too safe then it's just boring so it's like trying to to straddle that line and getting it just right yeah it's usually when i say it's a comedy it's like oh it's an action comedy or it's a romantic yeah comedy, exactly it's, like it's like you got comedies the seasoning instead of the the base yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like i came here to laugh guys <laughs> what is <laughs> make me feel good what's the last comedy barring airplane that made you like lol or even actually better question belly laugh what's the last comedy that made you belly laugh <sighs> That's that's a big undertaking. Um, I don't want to say a Judd Apatow movie because I just, <laughs> I have, I have, I don't think it was of age very well. Oh no! Uh, I'll go I'll go first while you guys are thinking. Um, All right. Yeah. Game night. There's a scene where um, Rachel McAdams popping back up because she's killing it in comedy right now. <laughs> oh, where a guy gets sucked into an airplane. Oh, oh, that that scene is uh, fantastic. No, but there's like an there's an extended comedy scene where um, Jason Bateman gets shot and she oh, yeah. has to oh, remove yeah. the bullet. <laughs> and the in, the entirety of that three minutes, I was literally on the floor like i fell out of the couch could not breathe like grasping at my chest laughing at the the dialogue in that scene and then i come to find out they wrote that scene it wasn't improv hey guys isn't that wild what a concept god and what sucks is nobody really saw that. I mean, I actually saw it in theaters. Yeah. It had a decent crowd there, but yeah, it got overlooked. And yeah. you know, even Warner Brothers kind of just like shoveled it out there on Blu-ray when it was done. And, <laughs> and it's him, so weird. Trying to clean the blood off the fucking poodle. Oh, my oh, fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please go watch Game Night if you're listening to this. Your homework yeah, is Game Night. Good. Agreed. It's not like a masterpiece, no. but it's pretty good. It, it, that, oh yeah, that's a that's a solid eight for me. That uh, I jokingly said it was the uh, the sequel to Date Night that we never knew that we needed. Oh yeah, like Date Night's not yeah. bad, but Game Night's even better, and they're not related. Don't let the, no, the titles yeah, fool no, you. Not at all. They could be. I mean, there are some similar overlaps. It would about you know <laughs> the mundane lives that get sucked into like a real you know killing spree or crime spree it would it would um, be funny to find out that those nights were happening at the same time <laughs> it's kind of like they're the, just the, down the street right yeah it's kind of like the wrestler and black swan how apparently they were meant to be one movie and then aronofsky's like nah we'll do two stories i good decision <laughs> i love that yeah like the the uh the love interest in the wrestler was supposed to be the ballet dancer and so, yeah, the wrestler and Black Swan were supposed to basically just be one story. I'm glad they got their own movies for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, it is another one of those interesting what ifs. So that's why I always jokingly said, "Hey, game night, date night too." So you know, is it bad? We need a third night. Is it bad? I've belly laughed more on this like series of podcasts than I have at movies lately. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I don't know if that makes I me know. happy about my friends or just sad about movies. Yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah. 
we don't cover comedies very much. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I mean, it's because like the last what's the comedy last comedy we covered on Film Rescue? Ghostbusters. I mean, we technically didn't. We we had. Well, we didn't. Thank God. No. Um. But I sat in the room for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Is like if you're having to rescue a comedy, you didn't have a good time with it. Right. Right. You ain't gotta be belly laughing. It'd be like if we ever do one for like fucking Hangover Part Three or some shit. Oh Christ! Why would you speak (laughs) that evil on us? Why? The the one I didn't see. I saw the second one, then I wised up. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? (laughs) That's that's the last time I actually legitimately just burst out laughing watching a comedy was the first Hangover. At what part? Well, I will say the film hasn't aged very well. The scene where they're getting tasered in the classroom. <laughs> it's not, it still has its moments, but it is it's one that's aged. It's, it is one that's aged pretty quickly. Oh, it's, it's kind yeah. of amazing. It's amazing how like the late two thousands were so different from now. Like I've never seen yeah. humor age so fast. It's really bizarre. Paging yeah, Doctor F word in the trailer. Paging Doctor F word. <laughs> <sighs> What, didn't he say like Doctor Douchebag in the trailer, and then in the movie it was N- yeah. the the Red Band trailer had the full word. Oh, I'm not surprised that the Red Band did. Yeah. But I think the Green Band. I think the Green Band said Doctor Douchebag. I mean, thank I- Christ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could have just kept that. So. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's the last time I actually really like laughed at a comedy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I will the- say the one that that always makes me laugh, no matter what. Ace Ventura when Nature Calls when he's climbing out of the, the ass of the rhinoceros. You know, that seems to be the one scene that people always bring up from that film. Because it's, it's, it's just the only scene moment. worth remembering. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's that's my reason that Jim Carrey doesn't do sequels. True. Yeah, I actually saw something about that. Uh, I think it was like a... Um, watch mojo list i was talking about like sequels that shouldn't have been made or something and it was talking about uh i think it was son of the mask and it said the reason why he turned down the mask 2 when it was going to be like the actual mask 2 was because he didn't fully enjoy ace ventura when nature calls because he felt like there wasn't really much that he could do with sequels and he didn't do them for years until dumb and dumber 2 well, you say that, but we know he's going to be in Sonic the Hedgehog 2, because apparently Wait, he yeah. thinks Dr. Robotnik is the deepest character he's ever played. <laughs> that's a God. that's a direct De- quote, man. That's a direct I don't think, quote. I'm pretty I, sure Dennis Hopper never said that about King Koopa. Nah. <laughs> Got Dude, no- you're in eternal sunshine, <laughs> and you're going to say that about Dr. Robotnik? I know, right? Uh, I, and like, And maybe he's just Joel being, ain't got nothing on Robotnik. Maybe he's just being like 4D chess uh, sarcastic. I don't know, but... 4D chess. <laughs> he's so well-evolved beyond all of us at this point. Uh, oh, my God. Who, who knows? I've... God. Man. Guys... I think, uh, I think Man on the Moon did something to him. They even did a documentary about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it's a good documentary too it's on netflix go watch it it. it's uh jim and andy oh yeah yeah it's really good fantastic oh man danny devito talking about how sad he was about jim carrey at that time crushed me i was like dude how do you make danny devito sad that's (laughs) don't do that to him the riddler made penguin sad (laughs) (laughs) can i offer you an egg in this trying time god (laughs) (laughs) Charlie, where's the toe knife? <laughs> that's a God. show that still makes me belly laugh. And there you yeah. go. It's, it's shorter comedy, you know, something yeah. that's like a half hour. So Yeah. Like, I, I feel like comedy lives on with really solid writers like Rick and Morty or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or things like that where it's like shorter bursts yeah. of comedy. Yep. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, like 
occasionally you can get a 30-year build-up to a nice payoff like <laughs> I discussed with Leslie Nielsen. Right. You can get that one time. but That's all you get. That's all you get. Yeah, it's that, that time will never come again. And so something like Rick and Morty where it's like parodying Freddy Krueger by incepting inside of their principal's mind is so ridiculous in and of itself that you can't help but chuckle at I it. I love you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not- you're always going out of here trying to get nightmares. I, I'm trying to do what's best for our family. God. We are uh, we are 17 minutes off topic at, about airplane at this point. Uh, <laughs> do we want to rein things in and end it? I, sure, so that works. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I, I think the consensus is Zero Hour and Airplane are both very, very well made quality films for very different reasons. <laughs> for yeah. very different reasons. If it, it, it kind of pick your mood. If you want just a nice brisk thriller, go watch Zero Hour. If you want a really good comedy that makes you laugh and you're not easily offended like some Gen Z, by all means, go ahead and watch Airplane. (laughs) I also... If you're going to complain about how the comedy in Airplane hasn't aged very well, then you... Don't watch old comedies? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, just don't watch comedy in general? Like I, we were talking about this. We were watching uh, the movie Hackers <laughs> last night at our watch party, <laughs> and last night was nine eleven. <laughs> yep, we made some crass jokes. Oh boy! And here's what I will say: I am of the opinion that there is nothing off limits for a comedy joke. I, I, I am of that opinion. As long as it's not racist, sexist, or misogynistic, it's fine. I think that everything is fair game. Like, you listen to Patton Oswalt's comedy sketches on his albums. He goes after the Holocaust. He goes after 9-11. Like, nothing is off limits. Right. As long as the delivery is appropriate. If you can build up to that payoff, you earned it. If I'm laughing, you earned it. Look at, like, Robin Williams' uh Live on Broadway show. <laughs> that show was so fucking offensive in every goddamn way. But it was worth it. So I am of the opinion that if you're gonna if you can just make me laugh, no matter how cruel, crass, or insensitive, sure. You earned it. You know? Because there's always those that one asshole that's in an audience that doesn't want to laugh, but then laughs, they finally break and let go. That's when you know you've got a really solid comedy on your hands. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So you, I, I guarantee if you sat down a group of people from the current generation, just random people, you would get at least 75% of them to laugh at Airplane. The other 25% will never find any joy in life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I think we'll end <laughs> Yeah, Airplane is, it's one of the best comedies ever made, and it's been put into the National Film Registry as culturally and historically and aesthetically significant. Perfect. Right alongside Clerks. Alongside Clerks. <laughs> it, it means something. It's valuable. It's it's very well produced. It's well acted. It's yeah. It's it's probably one of the best performances you're going to see from both Robert Stack and Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. So, yeah. We haven't mentioned Julie Haggerty at all. We, we, we've kind of left her out because she's kind of just like the ditzy stewardess. Right. But she, her delivery of those lines are so sincere 
yes. that they are absolutely worth it. Oh like, yeah, the scene where she's on the radio saying like, "Yes, one of our uh, one of our co-pilots has fallen ill, but he's absolutely fine. There's no reason to panic." By the way, does anybody know how to fly a plane? <laughs> and cut to panic. <laughs> and cut to panic. Right. And then cue a big set of tits walking in front of the screen and then running out of frame. Oh, 1980s PG rating. <laughs> also, oh, yeah. That, that's a PG rating. Yeah, that's uh-huh. right. That's, it's a PG rating. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Before PG-13. That was her first film, too. Airplane is her very first film. Really? Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> To think that she would go on to do Freddy Got Fingered, and that's where we'll end it. <laughs> oh, man. So you brought up yeah. Clerks a minute ago. What was <laughs> what was that all about? Well, uh, I guess I'm the one to, to plugging this? Sure, go for it. Um, yes. Sure, sure, fuck it. Um, so, yes, the reason why I brought up Clerks uh, is because we were discussing that on uh, Palette Cleanser, uh, which you can also uh, hear as one of our other podcasts if you're not listening to Split the Difference or uh, the Film Rescue Show, uh, where obviously we need to take the occasional break from um, shitty or films that need a little bit of tweaking, as we do on the Film Rescue Show. Um yeah, so that that's a thing. Go go find that. Tell yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the other podcast he mentioned, uh, the Film Rescue Show, is the the ship that launched a thousand ships at at this point. Um, <laughs> the, the port that the port that lost that launched a thousand ships. Uh, <laughs> the port that lost a thousand ships. <laughs> I want to believe that Film Rescue is also a ship, so I can sink it someday. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, the, when film... Rem- We're going to go down doing the postman. <laughs> when film rescue ends, it's going to be a glorious day and not sad in any way. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, on that show, we take good, bad, and in-between movies and repitch what the be- hypothetical best version of them would have looked like. It's a, it's a writer's room scenario. We have a ton of fun just being... Uh, first of all, tearing the movie a new asshole and then being very creative with the pieces that are left over. Um, you, you can check that out as alongside uh, this show, Palette Cleanser. Uh, that weird-ass game... Oh, no, I'm, I'm encroaching on Jesse's territory now. Um, <laughs> this fine? It's fine. That, you all, Seth mentioned that weird-ass game where we discuss weird and unusual games, and the next episode we'll be discussing Toe Jam and Earl. We'll be recording that tomorrow, I Yes, believe? sir. Yes, we'll be discussing that tomorrow. Uh, that episode should be out fairly soon, I believe. <laughs> Finally, um, a game I can run on a very cheap emulator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a good time with it, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it still holds up pretty well. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, um, all, all of these shows, uh, including other content... Uh, Jesse and I have been cutting together memes and trailers for the last week just for fun. Um, mm-hmm. You can check all of that out on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Montressor Media. Um, for a dollar, you can get access to A, all of these shows, B, all of these shows early, C, uncut and unreleased episodes of these shows, D, anybody want the D? I mean, I know Chris Evans was trending, but... <laughs> I was hoping that's where we'd end up. Um, there you go. The uh, yeah. D. Uh, we also have a YouTube page for Montressor Media, where well, we just recently uploaded because dude, <laughs> the trailers finally came out, and uh, I decided to do some recuts for the trailer, and I added a new trailer recently 
promoting Jodorowsky's Dune. I thought that would be a fun little exercise. And uh, I, I, yeah, I've watched that one no less than five times. Like the music is so perfect for those visuals that I almost feel like I'm tripping for a second. It's it, it, you killed it with that one. That was like that was top <laughs> Thank tier. You. I'm very proud. Yeah, of Yeah, yeah, you should be. Um, yeah, so yeah, Montrester Media for a dollar that supports us, that gets us closer to getting a studio so we can do video versions of all this. And hey, maybe someday do this as a full time gig. Wouldn't that be great? Mm. Um, yeah, so appreciate you helping us out. Those are the plugs. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Seth X Decker for poop jokes and deep political thoughts. Um, the two are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> do you guys want to? I mean, sometimes sometimes they are (laughs) sure um uh do you guys want to plug your twitters real quick okay (laughs) uh well you can find me on twitter at hardcore b shot if you want to just talk with me or you want to send me a bunch of shit about how i'm offending 19 year old podcasters by all means you can go ahead and reach me there oh boy perfect (laughs) i'll take the heat for it i don't care okay Says the man beefing with Josh Dysart about Dune. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, we actually made up because he really liked my, my Joe Dorowski Dune. Well, joke. good. Yeah. How, how'd you all pull me back into Twitter? Oh, my God. <laughs> on that note, uh, if you want to follow my ramblings on uh, Twitter, I am at OldPangyao. That's O-L-D-P-A-N-G-Y-A-U. Usually it's uh, ramblings about uh, projects I'm working on, uh, typically Blu-rays of old 70s and 80s Hong Kong films. I am, uh, I think I'm finally done with my work on the 88 Films release of uh, Shaolin Wooden Men. Uh, they, haven't off- yeah. they haven't officially announced this yet, but I did write, record, and edit a commentary for that film, so hopefully it actually uh, makes it on there since they're like, hey, do a commentary. Uh, but also for anyone who wants to follow my occasional uh, photo and sometimes video work on Instagram, I am at B2Pictures. That's the letter B, the number two, the word pictures. And I think that's about it for now. Fantastic. That's the housekeeping. Mm-hmm. And I guess we should go ahead and announce the next episode. The next episode will be The Blob. <laughs> ah, Yes. Yes, yes, a, uh, it's an interesting one because I first saw the remake of The Blob when I was seven years old, and my dad was like, you don't want to watch this. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, no, no, it's going to be great. I, I really don't love it. I got to the scene where the guy got sucked down the drain in the in the kitchen, and I was like, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to be a therapy episode? <laughs> but I watch it now, and I'm just like, wow, that's not possible. <laughs> when you're a kid, you don't think about that. <laughs> no. No. Not at all. But now I watch it, I'm like, wow, those are great visual effects. <laughs> Man, they really melted that dude. <laughs> the era of practical yeah. effects for horror films. Oh, yeah. Written by the guy that would go on to direct Shawshank Redemption. What a guy. What a guy. Frank there Darabont. Yeah. That will be our next episode. Uh, I don't believe we have anything else to discuss. Go see Airplane immediately. Watch Zero Hour if you'd like a good, solid thriller. Uh, they're both good films. I would recommend both of them. Definitely. If if you're not used to old like old movies, Zero Hour is a great way to dip your toes in because like, yeah, just you'll you'll get it. You'll understand older movies the way they flow, the way they talk. Like, I really would put. Cause, and you're gonna waste an an hour and a half, an hour five if you watch it like I. <laughs> <laughs> It's 80 minutes long. It goes by Exactly. Quick. Yeah. Well, I believe that's all we have for tonight. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming on tonight. Absolutely. Indeed. 
<laughs> and uh, we will see you all for the next episode of The Blob. Thank you, and good night.